Okay, so we had a couple questions come in from the congregation. Yeah. Oh, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, I love this. What's up with all the eyes on the creatures? Welcome to this week's episode of The Follow-Up. It's a little bit different. Yeah, we're in a different setting, aren't we? Completely different. And yes. there's one less person here. Yes. Yes. So we are actually going to be doing things a little bit different today. We are doing The Follow-Up Rapid Fire. Yes. We actually had a conference this week. And so on Monday, yesterday, mm -hmm. and so we couldn't do our normal recording. Uh, but we want to make sure that we kept doing this and answering the questions that people have. So rapid fire style. You guys ready? Okay. So starting off, what can believers today take away from the heavenly vision depicted in this chapter, which is chapter four of Revelation? Yeah. Um, this chapter was really all about the centrality of worship in heaven, right? Like the, the whole chapter is basically called the throne room. If you'd had to give it a name. And so um, the idea for believers is like when we get to open the door to heaven and look inside and see what's there, it's God being worshiped. And like, that's such a great picture for us mm -hmm. as believers as well. Like when you, if you could open the door of your little heart, you know, inside <laughs> your body, would, would, you know, your heart be worshiping Jesus? Would Jesus mm -hmm. be at the center of it? And that's yeah. really kind of the focus mm -hmm. of it. Mm, yeah. So good. Okay, next one. Can you shed light on the importance of the crowns that the 24 elders lay before the throne? Yeah, I can actually. <laughs> the idea there is um, there's a lot of commentators who believe that those elders are really supposed to represent the people of God. Or sometimes commentators would say that maybe it's all of creation in general. And so... Um, like as they lay their crowns down, the, the idea you're supposed to get is admiration and mm -hmm. honor for who the king is on the mm -hmm. throne, who's God. Um, but also I like to think about it in this sense of like, if we receive, if, if it represents the people of God and we do things in our lives that are good and glorious and represent God, like who does that glory belong to? It really belongs to God. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that these elders are laying those crowns down um, because they're recognizing that even though that they may have gotten an accolade or an honor some, somehow, that it actually ultimately belongs to God. And that's the picture of it. That's such a beautiful picture, too, because it's the reminder for us currently that the things we do that we think are good or that are good things that we're bringing to the Lord are nothing. When we like right. view him in all of his glory, that we're just presenting what we've done in honor of him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Do you think that this is where... Um, casting crowns got its name. I think it must be. It has to be, right? The band, yeah, <laughs> yes. I think so. Okay, next question. How can the modern day church be inspired or guided by the worship scene presented in this chapter? Yeah, you know what I really love mm -hmm. about it is everything is focused on God in, in worship, in heavenly yeah. worship, like in the throne room, all of it is surrounding the throne. And so like everyone's looking in towards God. And I think sometimes... Um, we can like mix our worship mm -hmm. with like even our songs sometimes can mix in like the benefits we get from following God. And there's nothing wrong with singing about that. But like the focus of our worship should be really who God is, his mm -hmm. character. And if you notice what they're saying, they're all, they're all like saying, holy, holy, holy. The focus is God. And so mm -hmm. I think in our worship services, um, how we, can really like when you're when you come in as an individual 
like make sure your heart is focused on who God is, his character. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that you should worship. Yeah. And then also like extend that to how you live your life as Mm -hmm. well. So like, um, why do I do what I do? Well, I want to bring honor and glory to God. And Mm -hmm. so how can I make God the center of the things I'm doing in my life? Um, and keeping that at the forefront. Mm -hmm. So to piggyback off of when we come on a weekend service, Mm -hmm. most of the time, or we have the tendency to come into a worship service to be like, what's in it for me? Yeah. What is God going to talk to me about today? Right. Right. How do we combat that with this view of Revelation 4 in mind? Yeah, I love that. I love That's a great question. And I think a lot of it has to do with like prepping our attitude mm-hmm. before we go. Um, and it's maybe a, a conscious mindset shift that we have to make where maybe on the way to church, you spend a little bit of time praying and preparing your heart for worship. We as Americans are really bad at like just jumping into things. Like I'm just going to go to my next thing, my next thing, my next thing. And I'll Mm -hmm. just be there when I get there. And to actually like take a moment and to slow down and say, I'm about to enter into this worship Mm -hmm. and I'm about to enter into like actually worshiping the God of this universe. I'm just going to like prepare my heart for that. Right. I love that. Thank you for that. Okay. So we had a couple questions come in from the congregation. Yeah. Oh, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I love this. What's up with all the eyes on the creatures? Yeah. That's how it was phrased. Yeah. So there's four creatures and it says that they have like eyes on them, like under their wings, all mm-hmm. over them. And it's like, what is the deal with the, the eyes? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you know, eyes are representative of where people's attention are, mm-hmm. right? Like if you want to know if you're in a room full of people and you want to know what people are looking at, what their attention is, it's in their eyes. Like whatever you're looking at is what you're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, it's supposed to represent this idea that um, all of their attention is on worship to who's on the throne. Mm -hmm. Like in that, and, and there's some other commentators who, who share things like, well, maybe it's this idea that as these heavenly beings, they're witness to who God is and to his glory and they're reflecting Mm -hmm. his glory. Um, there's also symbolism of that. Maybe it's, it points to God's omniscience that Mm -hmm. God can see all and know all. And so, because sometimes that's those creatures are translated as this idea of like character of God. Mm -hmm. And so his character might include, or does include for sure, um, that he can see everything in all creation that he's all seeing and all knowing. And so maybe those eyes represent that as well. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of different interpretations, right. mm-hmm. but either way, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, to think about it's a, it's a weird image. Yes. <laughs> Throw that one into an yes. AI generator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be very yeah. fascinating. Yes. Okay. And then the other question that we got was why was there six wings specifically? Yeah. I did a little bit of research on this one and, um, I guess we don't fully know, but if you go back to Isaiah chapter six, um, there it talks about the seraphim and seraphim, Mm -hmm. the the meaning of the word is burning one. Okay. And so there's these angels, there's these like heavenly beings called seraphim who are burning ones. And in that passage, they have six wings. So those are probably different than what we're talking about in revelation four, but they have six wings. And Isaiah says that they have two wings that cover their feet two wings that cover their face and two wings to fly with. Mm -hmm. And so like, what's interesting about that is like, there's, there is a purpose to them. They Mm -hmm. don't just have six wings randomly. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea is like the wings that make them fly are the wings that make them ready to do whatever God asked them to do. So they're Mm -hmm. prepared 
to do the bidding of God yeah. because they worship him in everything that they do. Mm-hmm. And then like the idea of it covering their face and covering their feet in Isaiah six is supposed to represent like God is so holy mm-hmm. that they, their face can't actually see mm-hmm. God. And so maybe there's similar function in mm-hmm. revelation four. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't say that in revelation four right. that they're covering anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly they have some sort of function. So, um, go read Isaiah six and yeah. find a little bit more about creatures in heaven. Mm-hmm. And maybe that gives you a little bit or more information about yeah. that. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Bill, for joining us for this rapid fire edition of the follow-up. And next week we'll be back in studio. Yes. So we'll go back to normal operating procedure and we'll be studying more into Revelation chapter five. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed so you never miss out on an episode of the follow-up. And we've done a couple extra videos yes. outside of the follow-up. So if you're interested in diving even a little bit more deeper into the book of Revelation, Pastor Ryan did two additional videos about understanding Revelation and different end time yeah. views. So go back into our channel and go ahead and watch those and we will see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye.